welcome, 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 podcast listeners. I am your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. This is Fret Talk, episode number 43, and you are joined this week by none other than Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Every week, man. It gets better. Never gets old. It, it never gets old. It, damn right. How are you, man? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Uh, had a fairly good week. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, wicked. All, all the best for just talking for it, talking for it. I'm going to start off this week with what I've been up to, because like, this week was so, so fucking exciting. Just amazing. Um, so, uh, previous Monday was Fret Talk episode 42, as you do. That was a pretty good one. I, I thought we all did lovely there with Mr. Andrew Ferris, the guitar geek. Little plug there for you, man. Um, but then on the Tuesday, uh, we kicked off our, um, our interview series, which had taken a little bit of a hiatus. And did we fucking kick it off? <laughs> it was a great interview. I've, I listened to it yesterday at work. Um, yeah. He's a really in- interesting bloke. Really interesting bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not meaning to toot my own horn, but honk, honk, honk. Um, yeah, Adrian was an absolute gentleman. Um, you you hear it all through the interview. If you haven't heard the interview yet, um, once this is over, go directly to that one. Um, he's such a knowledgeable, knowledgeable chap. Um, he used to work with explosives. He's he's as <laughs> cool as a fucking pirate ninja hybrid. Um, and he's just yeah. At the start, I allude to the fact that there was uh, there was some recording issues. Um, we we were troubleshooting um, troubleshooting the recording for for a good hour, and he's just he he just helped me along with it, and it was it was cool. Um, so absolutely just hats off to Adrian Thorpe. And if you are after some shiny ass guitar pedals that are the most immaculately designed and built guitar pedals that you have ever seen, go check his stuff out. Um unfortunately they don't fall under my remit because budget pedal chap can't stretch to that kind of dough. Yeah, they're they're a little bit more than your under a hundred pound sort of thing, but they look fantastic. I've not ever had a chance to try one, unfortunately. I don't think any of the shops I've ever been in have stocked them. And if they have, it's not a brand that I know too much about. But I certainly will be checking them out now. They, they, some of the 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 one that he said would turn a Strat into a Les Paul and a Les Paul into a Strat. I've got to I've got to hear that because if that works, then yeah, I need that on my board. The team medic, isn't it? That's the one. Um. Yeah, I I briefly got to try a couple of the pedals at the Birmingham Guitar Show, and honestly, that place did not do the pedals justice. It was noisy. There was lots going on, um, but you can tell the quality of of the stuff. It's it is bang on. Um, it's designs really, really kind of fastidiously and and with precision. Um, and he's an awesome guy. Like, if you if you're gonna be supporting a company to support the people who run it, him, 
and his uh, his good lady wife who was uh, who was soldering in the background. <laughs> um, they're absolutely wicked people. So yeah, I would I would fully suggest, and I I will probably in the future be saving my budget pedal pennies, um, and getting me one because you got to own a Thorpey, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I think I need. To, it's going to be my next investment. I don't. I haven't got anything definite. That I, obviously, I, when uh, Steve gets back from his holly bobs, I'm taking a double hot cake off him. Indeed. And then after that, I've got nothing planned. So I think it's get my hands probably on the team medic or maybe even I forget what his compressor's called. The the fat general. Heavy fat general. That's it. Um, <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a compressor guy, but I think yeah. I've come to terms with the fact that when I'm playing clean, I need a compressor. Yeah. Um, so I, I need to try something, but I, I hate the sound of a CS3 or a cheap, squishy, horrible... That's you know, that's the issue. Low, low end. And I, I had exactly the same. I, um, I had a CS3 kicking around somewhere, I'm sure. Um, and... It literally did. It it, it coloured the sound so much. It was squishy, and if it weren't squishy, it was still kind of putting a weird EQ on your on your tone. Yeah. Um, which I absolutely hated. Um, the thing that turned me on to compressors was actually because I've got a um a Marshall Edward the compressor, which is by by any stretch of the imaginations a cheap. Uh, compressor but yeah. at the subtle settings you can hardly tell it's on um right okay but it gives you that feel uh it's it's got a real kind of um it's a feel enhancer a make gooder <laughs> 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 yeah it's it's it it does it's hard to explain what a good compressor does the explanation is when you turn it off you can feel the yeah. difference. You notice the difference, yeah. Yeah. And that like I say, that's what I need. We've just added a couple of songs into the the set list with the band and um that I don't even know whether one of them is a song called Saint Mo uh, sorry, called My Type and it's by a band called Saint Motel. It was on an advert. I don't I'd I'd never heard of the band or the song before, but I'd heard the song on advert. Yeah. I, I can't remember how it goes, but there's a lot of really clean <laughs> guitar. Yeah. And it definitely needs a compressor um, just to kind of tighten it up. Um, and yeah, I, I need it for that. Um, we'll, we've also thrown in something by Duran Duran. Oh, nice. Film. Um, yeah, that, and that needs squishy compressor, that does, doesn't it? It I, it does need squishy compressor on top of my awesome chorus, which I have to make sound less awesome because it needs to sound like eighties chorus, oh, which is not my favourite type of chorus. Yeah, yeah. But I I mean I, I just have to play with the settings and make it not my normal chorus sound, which is fine. <laughs> twiddle the um, knobs. Yeah, it need, yeah. <laughs> got to twiddle them knobs. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've got to do that, and I need to get a compressor just to kind of like punch it through because at the moment I'm basically turning my tube screamer on to try and get that that extra kind of stuff yeah. which gets you close but I'd far rather just have a compressor for it yeah I mean it, you get that EQ as well with the, the tube screamer yeah um, it's it's a beautiful thing when you're using it as a boost um, I would almost uh, 
hazard to say that there is nothing better. Um, I'm with you there. I've I've never found a better boost. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why they're one of the world's most bought pedal, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, I think if you if you're after kind of that, um, it's kind of not touching your tone too much, but adding a bit of squish. Yeah, a a, a good good quality compressor. Compre- compressor. Uh, um, All right, Sean Connery. It's the Sean Connery compressor. <laughs> that is. I think I might uh, have to make one of those now. The compressor. <laughs> <laughs> there you Sounds go. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> Surely it's uh, it's going beyond mean if you're taking the piss out because he's he's a pensioner now as well, isn't he? Uh, Sean Connery. So you're fine to write Nana's fuzz box on a thing, but writing Sean Connery's name on something <laughs> is, is is not okay. Well, Nana's fuzz box is just it's fuzz like Nana used to make it. And if you're adding any <laughs> any dirty smutty joke onto that, it's your own filthy doing. <laughs> um, then I would call me a filthy fucker. That I shall probably multiple times. Um, no, I'm just figuring like. Taking the piss out of a speech impediment is not cool. Um, taking the piss out of a speech impediment of a dude who is now a pensioner. Double not cool. <laughs> so Yeah, okay, maybe. I didn't think of it like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that guy was Bond, so... <laughs> what the I'm fuck? sure he doesn't care. Yeah, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Mr. Thorpe, lovely chap, uh, and compressors, beautiful. Uh, what else have I done this week? Um, I don't. I don't even think I, I need to mention anything else because just the interview with Adrian Thorpe was awesome. Um, I did, however, do um, some kind of remote recording this week. Well, I say that it's it's something that um, I'm I'm kind of kicking off some stuff back with my band, um, and I was unearthing some old recordings um that I'd done like about six years ago. Um because the drummer wants to add some drum parts to them now. Um right, okay. And it I I was just like finding the whole process just absolutely amazing. The fact that I can record some some pretty tasty sounding demos of the the guitar parts in a completely different like completely different area probably like 20 odd miles away from where the drummer's adding his drum parts and you can then add the singer who's another however many miles away and do it all remotely and then it will all come together and it will it'll end up being a song it's just amazing <laughs> Yeah, the world's come a long way in a very short period of time. It has, yeah. I mean, there is, there's nothing like getting in a room with, with a bunch of people and just jamming the fuck out. And committing some of that to tape is is potentially more magical. But I just figured, like, yeah, remote remote kind of band recording is... It's a strange thing, and it's it's how a lot of recording is done these days as well. Yeah, you hear bands, yeah, they're saying, "Oh yeah, I, I tracked my parts in my studio and just sent them off to whoever," and 
yeah uh, like six months later it's an album it's ma- lo- amazing but yeah it's just the, yeah total, totally different to how how they used to do it in the 60s and the 70s isn't yeah, it yeah yeah shit loads of cocaine <laughs> <laughs> bit of LSD if you wanted to try, change it up a little bit that's it yeah 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 different drug for different albums <laughs> Uh, I mean, there, there was um, I think it was this classic al- classic albums that used to be on TV. Like, it used yeah, to be like on. Sky it, it used to be BBC Two, uh, but it it was like kind of two o'clock in the morning, um, and I'm pretty sure it was one of them with Fleetwood Mac. Um, just how um, to to coax. Um, to coax some of the members, I'm not going to mention names, just out of um, <laughs> respect, legal, hot water, the, the rest. But let's say uh, one of the female singers who doesn't play keyboards um, would be <laughs> would be coaxed into uh, in the into the studio with a giant bag of cocaine, and it would just be left on the mixer, and she would find inspiration. Shall we say? Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's say that. Let's just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that's how uh, albums are made these days, but who knows? It's, it's less of a party if you're sat there in your own living room with your guitar amp recording and, and a bag of cocaine, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how cocaine works, clearly. <laughs> Um, um, I, I don't think we need to know. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, but anyway, getting off the rampant drug use, uh, we we find ourselves petering onto these uh, these topics every so often. Um, yeah, your SG, Matt, your SG. Exciting things happening. Okay, exciting things. Yeah, so I opened it up today. I was planning on doing this earlier in the week, but didn't get chance. Yeah. Open the back up today with the intention of popping the Fletcher blends in it. And I've never ever rewired something where the pickups can stay, uh, where, where, sorry, the, the pots can stay in the guitar. The only thing I've ever rewired before was a Stratocaster. So, yeah, and they in, inherently the come out, don't they? Pod- <laughs> They're yeah. attached to a joint. So I posted a picture on the yeah, yeah. Fret Talk podcast group. I was like, do I leave the pots in? Do I take the pots out? And the guys, like you and, and uh, the Guitar Geek and Chris were all like, well, you can leave them in. You can take them out if you want. And then as we were looking at them, we were going, actually, those pots are cheap rubbish. Yeah. Um, and I looked at it and I thought, if I rewire this now and then have to rewire this when more pots come, that's just more chance for me fucking this up. Yeah, yeah. Something's going to get set so, on fire. Yeah, I think the best plan to do is I'm not even going to buy individual parts. I'm just going to buy a wiring loom. I'm going to get go somewhere and, and get a decent quality wiring loom. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky that at the moment, because I've done quite a bit of overtime, I've got a bit of disposable income at the moment. So I think the best thing for me to do is get myself a decent loom, throw it in the SG, and then put the pickups in after that. Right on. I mean that's that's the way that you should do it. Um, 
I've done that to plenty of guitars. I've done I've done it where I've I've put uh the good pickups in with the cheaper electronics. And at full whack everything they sound pretty good, but then when you start kind of messing with the uh, the knobs things get <laughs> yeah. When you mess with when you mess with knobs things get a bit sticky. <laughs> um <laughs> Jesus. I know. It's a low-hanging fruit again, isn't it? Um, it, it is very low-hanging fruit. <laughs> but yeah, it, the, there is a difference between having a good quality, good quality set of electronics behind it. Um, but I was saying to you before the cast, your your quality wiring loom is probably going to end up better than my Gibson, though. Yeah, and and that's the that's the thing. Like, if I could probably buy the same parts that go into the quality wiring loom. For cheaper than you can buy the loom for. But oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, with the amount of like, I'd use far too much solder or not enough solder, or I'd not quite solder it in exactly the right place, and then have to spend hours troubleshooting. And it's just it. it whilst it would be cheaper parts wise, it would take far more of my time than it. it I, I would save by just buying the bloody buying a loom. That's that's the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I I think you need to do do it that way just so that you can experience how it how it feels for making pedals for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at the the wiring diagram and you look at the what you've just created and you think yeah that should work and you plug it in and fuck all happens. You know, <laughs> what, yeah, no. what is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah, the problem is it will end up like my telly if I do that. <laughs> you know, the one that sat in bits. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! I'll think. And all I did there was de- I desoldered the bridge pickup, and then decided <laughs> I was going to repaint it. Nice. And yeah, this is where we are. <laughs> Five, six months down the line. Shit, man! That needs to get sorted. So that's that's next it on does. the list, surely. Yeah. Well, I think probably the easiest time for me to do the stripping down and painting is where I've got some time off in good weather. So. I've got a week off at the start of June, so my plan is that I, it, for anybody that doesn't know the Alaman, it's TT week. So I will be gigging three or four nights in the in, a, in race week. I've got a work practice week and do some gigs as well. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> like Tuesday Tuesday night, finishing up at one a.m., then packing away and then getting into work for nine on the Wednesday morning is going to be interesting. Like a fucking you know, boss is is what it is. Um, yeah, but I I think. That that week, if it's nice weather, there's a few days where I've got some time where I could just get out in the garden, strip the thing down, not worry about the, the sand, the, the sawdust and all the stuff from when you're sanding it down, going everywhere. It can just go in the grass and it won't bother anybody. And then I can spray on the grass and not worry about covering the kitchen table and stuff or anything like that. So... That's my plan. Is first week in June. That's when that guitar is is getting it all well and good. That's as uh, as set in stone as my uh, learning black rose by the end of the year. That is that's a, that's an official plan. That is, and just it is. for those who are interested, not well, not well is the answer to that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> turns out Gary Moore was very good at guitar. Who knew? No. Um really? I did. Uh this week actually I because I'm working up to Black Rose. There's 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 a plan. 
kind of v- very vaguely. Um, and this week I had a crack at uh, the intro to Strange Kind of Woman by Deep Purple. Um, I, I yep. posted some stuff um, over the over the weekends of me doing it on the Variax, um, which is fast becoming a favourite guitar of mine, believe it or not. Mm. Sounds bloody good. And it plays well as well. Um, but yeah, I, I actually got some tabs up for that and, and uh, for the most part learnt it. I haven't got it to where I can do it the first time every time. So I'm not going to be joining a Deep Purple tribute act just yet. <laughs> um, but that intro, is it's it's got a weird... It, it's like a bend on the top string followed by the same fret but on the string below. So it's it, you have to do it like bend and then roll onto the next string in very quick succession. Fuck me. Richie Blackmore, he was good as well. He, yeah, he was. He, he could play. Yeah, I'm, I, that's my problem. I'm choosing to to pick songs from people who could play the the guitar a lot better than I can. <laughs> I should just try yeah, easy um, things. Yeah, like I say, get yourself in an indie covered band. It's really easy. <laughs> I say it's really easy. It's actually not as easy as I thought it was. Like, when I first joined the band I was in now, it's like, oh, it's all going to be simple stuff. And there is stuff that has pushed me. Yeah. And then we started doing other bits. and bits. So, like, we've gone into 80s and, you know, we've gone into 70s and 60s stuff as well. So there is stuff that pushes my ability. But there is also stuff where I play four or five chords and, like, a, a, three, note a, sec- a three notes a minute bloody melody line that's just simple. <laughs> and it's it's good fun. Swings and random. I, uh... I- Picked up, um, picked up a guitar and tried learning uh, "Just the Way You Are" by Billy Joel this week because that's a that's a massive tune. Um, I don't care who who knows it. I I really think Billy Joel was a fantastic songwriter, um, and it has a B minor six in it. I hate six chords. I really hate six chords. B minus. Six. Yeah, yeah. There's an easy way of doing it, and there's a harder way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, play it the easy way. Do a B minor chord, and then just drop your little finger down onto the E below your ring finger. And that's a fifth. That's a sixth. No. Fifth. B minor chord. Yeah. Yeah, and then you drop your little finger oh, onto little. the high E underneath your ring finger, and that becomes a B minor six. Is it? Hmm. Hang on, let me figure it out. Yeah, it will be. Uh, no, there's a, there's a nicer a nicer voice in than that. I'm I'm not I'm not yeah, I'm not for this uh, this cheating. Easy yeah, stuff. cheating. I'm after yeah. <laughs> the six needs to be kind of nestled within. Um, and there's a reason for it. It does. It sounds different, and it sounds more Billy Joel that way. Um, how rock and roll am I learning Billy Joel tunes? Oh <laughs> me. Yeah, I got it though. It was it's fine. Um, I haven't learnt the sax solo. Why not? Yeah, I find I find <laughs> it hard while I'm playing the guitar. I can't I can't quite sax. Um, but yeah, so Billy Billy Joel Billy Joel tunes are wicked. Deep Purple tunes are wicked. Um, Deep Purple tunes considerably harder to learn the lead lines to. Um, yeah, but that's not the only thing you've done this week, is it, Matt? Well, yeah. Go on. Um, I'll. Well, actually, um, something that I forgot to mention before the cast, and um, I'm going to go back to Sunday this week. Um, I was 
in Nuneaton on Saturday watching some football. And then had to get. Uh, I was getting a boat home from Liverpool on the Sunday, and I had about four hours to kill in Liverpool. And I went to Dawson's Music. Oh, um, wicked! Which yeah, is yeah. The, the the big music store in there, and I had about an hour and three quarter where it was. <laughs> I had an erection. <laughs> it was pretty much just me and the staff in the store. Yeah. It was just Sunday afternoon. It's not one of their busy times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I played six tellies, seven tellies. Oh, nice, yeah. Just to... Um, and I, I didn't play anything with humbuckers. I, I played proper tellies with a proper... Proper telly. Telly single coil and a telly... Sorry, telly bridge single and a telly neck single coil. In the proper manner, and I played a Squire Vin mod, a Squire classic vibe fifties. I played three different Mexican tellies that all had three different price points, and the only thing that was different between them was the color. But the Sunburst was the cheapest. Which yeah, makes yeah, no yeah. sense to me. Why is the Sunburst cheaper than the white one, which was cheaper than the blue one? It's um, printed on the Sunburst. Yeah, they've got a uh, giant laser printer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I played them, and then I played the American Elite as well, um, just to get a, a nice range. Um, the Mexican ones have the wrong saddles. They just have normal stainless steel yeah, saddles. The six, that, yes, the six, six, and I, I, it just doesn't sound right. It. No matter what they did, and it was the same with the the Squire Vin mod. It had the same bridge, and it just doesn't sound like a telly. Um, the Squire Classic Vibe was my favourite out of the lot of them. It, it wasn't quite as good as the American Elite, but um, it had the brass saddles, it had that sound, and it certainly wasn't a thousand pounds less of a guitar than the American Elite was. Oh yeah, completely. Um, and I kind of think that's possibly going to be my next guitar um it's going to be a, a classic vibe uh, sorry yeah a squire classic vibe probably a 50s although i'm normally a rosewood board person i really really enjoyed the the maple uh, it just it played really i don't know whether i just got a really good example of it but it played really well yeah um, no. I, I played the american elite as well but um it it didn't blow me out of the water compared yeah. to the other guitars that i played yeah um the I, I actually owned one of the 50s classic vibes um, for a short period of time. Um, and it, it played great, yeah, yeah. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, the one that I had said, um, it, the guy replaced the nut with a brass nut, um, which meant that it wasn't quite a stable tuning. Um, yeah, and I think the bridge sound. saddles were brass as well, whereas the aren't they usually... They're brass, but they're not compensated, aren't they? They're brass, they're not compensated, and they're also not brass-coloured. So they've got a chrome finish on them, which is weird, <laughs> because they, the, the guys in the store were like, no, no, they are brass. Yeah, yeah. They've just got a chrome coating on them or something, which to me just... Yeah. Why not just leave it's them brass? It's stealth brass, that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was they, they looked weird. They sounded great, but they're not compensated. So, yeah, that's something I would probably do. I'd just replace them for compensated saddles. Yeah, yeah. Only Wilkinson's. Yeah, you pick them up. I mean, you can pick up the individual saddles, and they cost, like, a couple of quid. Pennies, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're sorted then. 
So yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I've been I've been saying that for for such a long time actually that um in terms of like the the quality versus price um the the squire classic vibe dominates everything kind of upwards of that price point so the mexican stuff i wouldn't rate as good as the classic vibe no the mexican stuff was between 100 and 250 quid more expensive than the classic vibe and not one of them played as well as classic vibe did yeah yeah but even with the setup as well they they don't tend to sound as good um as the the classic vibe the classic vibe has got a fantastic set of pickups in them yeah uh, and it, yeah, it makes a difference like, like doesn't say, it it does and they, they've got great pickups and they just have that telly sound to them because of those saddles yeah because they're not those just six stainless steel inline ones yeah yeah definitely they they're quite bright aren't they they're, they're quite zingy um and that doesn't usually um float my boat but the neck pickup uh was so good that i ended up uh, switching the neck pickup of my Tele Thin line out for the same pickup because they, they yeah, sounded no, great. Yeah, I'm not normally a single person, single coil person, as I keep saying, but I'm learning or teaching myself to use the tone control to keep the brightness under control whilst playing the. I was playing through a Fender Hot Rod. What's the one up from the Blues Juniors? Hot Rod Deluxe? Yeah, you got that. Yeah, Hot Rod Deluxe, yeah. Hot Rod Deluxe. Um, Which, surprisingly, considering I'm not a Fender amp kind of person, um, I I really like the sound of the the single coils through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, it just, it it was kind of eye-opening that maybe either either my tastes are changing or I'm learning that actually my taste wasn't what I thought it was and... I don't have to have everything this muddy humbuckery sound. I I can get along with a single coil as well. Yeah, I I had that epiphany a, a while ago, and a, and for maybe like two years, I stopped using humbuckers pretty much. Um, I was yeah. I was very much a strat guy through through and through, um, and then I went onto tellies and I've. Like I've mentioned on here, I own about seven of them now. Seven or eight, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they there's a certain certain charm. It's still got a mid range kind of focus to it. In a, it's I'm not saying it's it's like a humbucker because it's not, but it's it, that that focus almost reminds me of a humbucker in a, in a certain way, more so than a strat because it's got a very scooped scooped yeah. mid range. Um, yeah, yeah. But then you get the focus and the the, the clarity. Uh, I love them. Yeah. No, totally agreed. And then uh, we'll move on to Monday, where I I went and tried the amp that I was talking about. Yeah, you did last week. Um, so it's a Hughes and Kettner Pathfinder Pacemaker. <laughs> it's neither of those words. Pure tone. <laughs> that's it. Hughes <laughs> um, yep. and Kettner Pure Tone. Um, and my god, is that thing loud? That like twenty five watt um, one by twelve with a V V thirty um, thing, but it's hand wired. And yeah. like trying it, we couldn't get it quiet enough to play it. And this guy, so I 
the person <laughs> I was buying it off, the band have bought our subs from this fella. I know his wife. Um, I used to hang around with her at school uh, or when we were school age. We went to different schools, but we knew each other through mutual friends. So I, I know the, the, the fellow and his wife and we were yeah. in a semi-detached house, but it was still too loud to play it in a semi-detached house. It, it's just raucous as hell, but I also happened to not realise, I know the next door neighbour, um, I happened to work with him at work, because that's how the Isle of Man works. There's only 80,000 of us. You probably know half the people in the estate. Um, and I said, look, do you mind if we turn this thing up for for 15 minutes? And he yeah. was like, that's fine. We're, we've not got anything on. We're actually just sat eating dinner. We don't mind if there's a little bit of noise in the background. Um, the neighbours on the other side were out. So I turned it up to gig volume, just to see, and um, I took along my Cabernet and my pedal board and spent yeah. 15 minutes going through sounds and boy does that thing sound good like it, yeah I, I went into it thinking you know oh, it'll be alright for home use because it's only a 112 I don't care that it's not going to be alright for home use I've got other things that I can use at home this thing run I, like it's got a slightly different focus in the, the EQ than the Vox does yeah but it's it, it's just um, there's a it uh, the way I'd, I'd use it is there's a three band EQ and then there's a growl c- control which is <laughs> um, it's basically like a really light gain stage like if you if you whack yeah. the growl up it overrides the volume and the um, <laughs> and, and the EQ and you just basically get ACDC style um, really low gain but gritty kind of loudness but because that eliminates the EQ I think I'd, I'd leave that off and I'd just use the, the volume and the EQ but it's, yeah. it like it, the EQ is so responsive I've never played an amp where just a tiny tweak to the EQ seems to do so much it's going to take me a while because I'm used to literally just a, a yeah extremes bubble. yeah and, and extremes and stuff so it's going to take me time to get my sound out of it yeah, but yeah, and I I just kind of ended up playing for like thirty five minutes, in which time we got the knock of the door and said, "Actually, do you mind if you just turn it down yeah. a little bit?" <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, it's been an hour now, <laughs> and you haven't stopped. <laughs> yeah, I think um, um, and just just uh, our listeners will will hear me giggling over the top of uh, over the top of that, and I think I think they know why. I think they know. <laughs> Yeah, and I think possibly one of the one of the controls on the amp. Indeed, indeed, bass. <laughs> it always always makes me laugh. Bass, yeah, <laughs> yeah fucking grow, man. And the 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 amp comes yeah. with it's it's come with a hard sorry a flight case on wheels, which is just yeah. the best thing you can ask for. Surprisingly, for a one twelve, it's it because it's hand wired. It's quite heavy, but it's nowhere near yeah. as heavy as my Vox AC fifteen still. And the fact that it's on flight case means that it will be good for the smaller... So the other thing that I thought it'd be good for was smaller gigs where it's a pain in the ass to drag the, the box in and out. And I ended up having... Like, there's certain gigs on over here where I have to, like, sit it half on a bench seat and half on a box because it's too big to go in the corner. So at least now Damn. I've got this that's a 112 that's slightly smaller so that it'll fit better into smaller venues and stuff. And yeah, yeah I, and I'm already kind of I've I've bought some more patch cables so that I can rewire my board for stereo for TT. 
Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm already, I'm already in, I've past the planning stages of that. I've actually bought yeah. some Van Damme cables because uh, they were on offer from somebody. Um, I wonder what that guy did after the uh, after the eighties movies. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he patch make, cables. Makes, he makes patch cables. L- lucrative. Yeah, yeah. So I've uh, kind of all, almost got the rewiring my board to do, but I can't do it because. Um, I set up earlier on this evening. I set up all my gear at a venue for a wedding tomorrow. So yeah. it'll have to wait. Next week's not going to be my only opportunity because next weekend is the only weekend I haven't got a gig now until the middle of June. So yeah, You did ne- say you uh, yeah last week when you were bragging to us oh, on this big <laughs> shop musician now, guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, next, <laughs> next weekend is the only weekend I've got free from gigs until third weekend in June, I think. Um, and we've got weekends. Oh, and like I say, in that time we've got TT where I've got like five in nine days, which will be awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, so I've planned a rewire of the pedal board. I've planned every. I just yeah, this this amp kind of. Bearing in mind, I did, didn't even plan on. Boy, wasn't even it? looking for it. I wasn't even looking for it. It just popped up in my newsfeed on the Facebook. It was like, this is in your local classified buy and sell page. And I'm like, stop selling me things that I don't need. But yeah, um, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I love it. We're going, we're going back to Billy Joe. Oh, no, we're not. Sorry. This is um, Carly Simon, that is. I wasn't looking, but baby, I found you. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've kind of fallen in love. And as I said last week, the the deal in my head was that if I bought this, I'd need to off-sell one of my four amps that three of them don't get used. So the Marshall Oh, no, you Lead, didn't. So the Marshall Lead 12 has gone to Moog to somewhat appease him for stealing his SG. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's making part, part on reparations, isn't it, there? Yeah. Um, it's always good keeping a Moog happy. It is. There. And yeah, and um, just for those of you that I don't know whether Moog put it in the closed group or the podcast group, but he reckons that the lead twelve that I had might have originally been his. So he had one in the past, and he sold it to somebody in Brighton. Then a store in Brighton posted the the lead twelve up. Andrew, f- oh sorry, the the guitar Greek tried to buy it and ship it to Austria. And it never made it to Austria, and the shop wouldn't try it again. So I then bought it and got it shipped to the Isle of Man, and now it's gone back to Brighton. Um, and he said that there's a chance that it's his old one, um, which would be a. I I, I hope it is because yeah, it, it making its way back to him after all that time, after all those journeys, would just be incredible. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, just having found found his old love. I mean, he he was saying how he just he had just mad nostalgia for it, and now he's got it back. I've got an old Epiphone. Well, I had an old Epiphone. Sorry, that I hope one day that I'll see that again. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'd buy the shit out of that again. And I'm pretty sure at some point I'll regret selling this Lead Twelve because it did did sound good, and it's the best thing that I've ever had for home use ever. Yeah, but. I don't play enough at home to warrant having something that's only for home use. Um, I play far too yeah. many gigs, and really these days, the only time, like certainly 
since Christmas, the only time I've had to play the guitar is gigs um, because I have to book time in because I'm so busy at the moment. All right, Mr. Big Shot. Stop rubbing it on all our faces now. To be fair, most of what oh, I have that's only... busy is work, so yeah, it's not it's not as fun yeah. as it sounds. The only time I have to play guitar <laughs> when I'm doing my big shot gigs. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait until June when I tell you I've been playing in front of four and a half thousand people. <laughs> that's it. I'll be calling you up and going, Matt, when can we podcast? And you're like, I can't do it this month, mate, because. <laughs> Just uh, living the life of a rock and roll star. Yep, damn right. So you're gonna have to put jukebox hero in in your set. <laughs> by foreigner. Oh, 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 what's the other one? What's the one by um by Bad Company? Shooting star. You should have that one in as well. That's a wicked <laughs> tune. Just get all of these, like, yeah. yeah. Brian Adams, Summer of '69 as well. Oh, get my first no. real six tree. No. I, to be fair, I'd do it, but some of the other guys in the band wouldn't. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Brian Adams. No yeah. wrong with him. Um, I, I don't mind. I mean, stuff. he's Canadian, but you can't hold that against him, can you? <laughs> it weren't his choice. Um, there's there's a bit of big news. I mean, we've we've prattled on for a fucking long time this uh, this episode, considering we, we, were, we weren't supposed to. <laughs> it was supposed to be like a nice... Simple, simple intro. We've ended up talking the majority of the podcast. Something pretty fucking big's happened this week, hasn't it, Matt? Um, yeah. Nita Stress has done another (laughs) WrestleMania intro. (laughs) No, she hasn't. No, no, no. We still need to share that on the group. Oh God, the big G. Need to share it. Gonorrhea. I haven't got um, it, I don't think, anyway. Uh, I don't either, as far as I'm aware. Good. Well, that's Fret Talk Podcast, clean of gonorrhea since since the year dot. Right, I, I will try go. my best to share the, the me addressed as Nita Strauss in the group. Especially yeah. the hair is going soon as well, but we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Wicked, yeah, and we'll hopefully get some money raised for that. Yeah, um, but yeah. So we're going to talk about Gibson, aren't we? Gibson. So what's going on with Gibson this this week? I've got a good feeling about him. We haven't heard from him for a good good while. <laughs> Are things yeah. on the up, Matt? Um, yes, and I know a lot of people will have looked at this week's news and gone, "Oh my god, it's the end of Gibson! Oh my god, everything is ruined! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And that's all I've seen from the internet, apart from the. Infuriating yeah. memes that we'll get on the to. fucking yeah, the fucking <laughs> memes. <laughs> right. So, as a basic for those who haven't picked up on this, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have. But go on, we'll. we'll so what hu- Gibson humor. have done, and please bear in mind that do not read an article's headline and take from that the entire story, because most of the articles that we saw last week said. Gibson filed for bankruptcy under Chapter 11. That's not yes. right. Gibson have not filed for bankruptcy. Gibson have filed for bankruptcy protection. Totally different yeah. thing. What they're doing is they're saying the guitar division of Gibson, which we've, as I've been saying for the last few weeks, is highly profitable, that it's not got the issues that the rest of it has. The guitar yeah. division of Gibson is protected so that... Sh- Whilst they're going through a restructuring plan, as long as 
A judge agrees to the protection, which I believe the hearing is next month, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's a, there's a hearing either later this month or next month where they will go in and the, a judge will make a decision. But basically it will protect the Qatar division so that creditors and or debtors from the other divisions can't come in and take profits away from the, the, the Qatar division at all. So the Qatar division is therefore safe and it can... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's protected like- from anybody. They can't take any profits from that. That can then move on, and even if the rest of the company has to liquidate or they have to like sell off and, and close down all the other divisions, the Qatar division will be safe, and it will be there as we know it today. I mean, that seems like the most sensible, sensible business move that we've heard from Gibson in a long time. Yeah. But as you said, the... Um- like pretty much all of the news articles were saying Gibson filed for bankruptcy, and yeah, it was it was it was all sensationalism, wasn't it? It was all it just was. it was selling a headline. Yeah, it was bad click clickbaity nonsense, and it was it, it it just it led to a lot of confusion. You had a lot of people going, "Is this the end for Gibson?" And if you read the article. You would know it's not the end for Gibson. It's literally the opposite of the end for Gibson. It's making yeah, it so it's that trying- there is no, that it, there cannot be an end for Gibson guitars in the short term. Yeah, it's it's trying to ensure um, Gibson against the changes which are going to happen in the kind of the company wide, um, because they they're not just a guitar company anymore. They t- they took on. Uh, consumer electronics quite a lot and another kind of subsects of Gibson to try and get this this lifestyle brand and it didn't work it yeah. didn't well it, it basically as, as a lot of people have been saying what happened was a guitar company went right well we want to make anything that makes noise so we'll do headphones we'll do speakers we'll do monitors we'll do this we'll do that we'll buy this brand because they make that stuff and we'll buy this brand because they make that stuff buy this brand because they do this and they do that and and it was just kind of like a, a without thinking they just went off and tried to go yeah. into markets that they know absolutely nothing about it's it, yeah like there are five or six big guitar manufacturers there's 3000 headphone manufacturers that make good quality headphones you're not going to get gibson going why i know exactly what we need in a, he- a headphone because they're just not going to they don't have that market research they don't have the, the the knowledge and the history and it's all well and good going and buying philips audio but if you then get rid of their board of directors and everybody who's been involved with that previously you lose all of the knowledge at all and suddenly you've got a company that you don't know what you're doing with. Yes, yeah. And I I assume Gibson were hoping that their brand would have as much clout in those markets as it does in the guitar market. And it, um, just, it was never going to happen. But yeah, I, no. I think you're right. I think that's what they did. Yeah, they just assumed that... Because they are... I mean, Gibson are a company that, even if you're not a guitarist, you you will have heard of Gibson Guitars. Because they are synonymous with with rock and roll music and yeah rock and roll who the fuck am I <laughs> but like, <laughs> like um, but yeah they they're synonymous with kind of guitar based music so rock and metal and and all these these subsets of of basically heavier music 
yeah there is probably going to be a gibson guitar behind it at some point um so it means that they uh, much like fender uh, they they kind of transcend uh transcend that that kind of niche but they they were banking on that too much yeah and that I- oh people people have heard of this so they're obviously going to see us as a quality quality product and and want to stick more more than they would for Sennheiser's alternative or or whatnot. And then they're not the only ones to have done this. Do you remember two years ago the Marshall phone? <laughs> the thing that everyone tried to forget. Yeah. So uh, they're not the only ones that have done this. I mean, Marshall have got their own headphones that. You know, again, so they've they've tried to go down this route, and it's. I mean, look at what Marshall have released. I know they've this year they brought the Origin out, and they've started listening to people. But um, yeah, if, uh, look, but look it, within the same breath, there is the Marshall fridge. Yeah, so. they, and and there you go. I mean, and that's what what's happened. What happened to Gibson only on a bigger scale because Gibson is a bigger company than Marshall, and they they yeah. just went far too far and they fell down this rabbit hole, and. Their guitar division probably isn't doing as well as it could do, but it's doing a lot better than all the other things. And all this this bankruptcy um, protection does is allow them to restructure the company, get rid of the dead wood, and the other thing that they have to do is they will have to change management by the time that this is done. So the CEO, win win then, isn't is it, it for those Harry guys? Juskovitz, is that his name? Something like that. Henry, I think. Yeah, Henry. Yeah, Henry. Well, he he will have to oversee this this transition and everything that they're going through at the moment, but he will not be able to be the head of Gibson Guitars when they've come out of this. Um, and that's Maybe probably they'll have a, good a job thing. on the production for him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, he and I don't think they're legally required to fire him, so they could just make him, you know, sit down there and polish the guitars after it comes off the line. But I doubt they will. <laughs> It it would be a nice kind of irony, wouldn't it? But yeah, it, the, I mean, a lot of criticism for Gibson guitars seems to be pointed at some of the silly, silly uh, comments that this chap makes and some of the silly decisions that he, he seems to yeah. be the, uh, the poster child for. Um, and he did make some silly comments about a month ago. He just blamed stores instead of himself and a few mm-hmm. other things. And it he he tried to shift the blame and it was silly but um yeah i think this is actually the best piece of news that we've had about gibson probably since we've been doing this podcast yeah i mean but, we have shat upon gibson quite a lot on this podcast but um, the other thing it was just kind of reported in the like we said it was reported in the wrong way and people have not under, they've they've read headlines and not looked into what's actually going on and I think that's been the big, the big problem with the, the news. Yeah, well, it's people on the internet, isn't it? They they don't don't have the time or don't have the inclination to read read yeah. the article, and they just yeah kind of fall for the bait, don't they? Um, but that's what we're here for, bringing you the actual news. And this time we did a little bit of research as well. So I mean. That goes beyond what we usually do. So <laughs> yeah. it, it shows we care. Shows we and, care about Gibson. And we've been positive about about the move as well. We're not yeah. commenting on Gibson. No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, like, like we have. I mean, we've had p- 
periods of time where we've shat on Gibson, and then we've had periods of time where we kind of we feel sorry that, for the fact that, that we've shat on Gibson, and then kind of get all gushy about Gibson. We yeah. go through cycles. We do. I think this is probably we're, we're in the gushy period at the moment. We certainly are. Oh dear God, gushy periods. <laughs> <laughs> I Poor don't choice think you of can words. Say that on the internet, can you? <laughs> Poor choice of words. Right, so that's essentially what's going on with Gibson these days. The the big G. Um, Eastwood, um, Eastwood guitars, almost as big as Gibson. In that they're not. Yeah, well, they're, they're not at all, are they? Um, but they kind of they released a, an article this week, kind of explaining the situation. Uh, and this is going to be hugely paraphrased. And it's, it's, uh, I read the article once. I did read the article. So, yeah. Good, Again, good. research. Um, yeah. but essentially they, they kind of, uh, gave a timeline of, of, of what, what happened and led up to these, these series of events. And like we've kind of touched upon, it was, it was expanded into lifestyle brands. But I'll see what I've got on my notes. So kind of mid nineties, um, big guitar chains uh, in America, mainly being Guitar Center, um, set out on a crusade to kind of be the number one provider of of guitars um, and guitar based um, stuff, uh, and so started like building more and more stores to kind of try and get rid of the, the mum and pop guitar uh, and music shops. Um, and largely were successful in doing so. Uh, they are synonymous with, um, with guitars over in, in America, much to the dismay of people these days, because apparently <laughs> they're not great stores. Um, but yeah, they, they started expanding. Um, and because they were building more and more stores, they needed more and more guitars to stock them so call on fender call on gibson um to start providing with more guitars they see this expansion um and gibson decided to take it in a in a in a direction that they probably shouldn't have that they uh they decided to go for the lifestyle brand um and it kind of it fed back into like a greed loop where the guitar centers were expanding the the guitar companies didn't have a great foresight um but then um gibson expanded in the wrong the wrong way um and the expansions that they did do weren't hugely profitable um and as of recent years those price um, the price increases are to try and kind of cover the losses that Gibson are having in, in other areas, um, which makes sense. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was a really, uh, really interesting article, um, to, to kind of look at the timeline of, of what happens, um, and that it was kind of greed, greed focused. Uh, and, and short-sightedness more than anything. Yeah. Um, but, hey, hey, like we say, Gibson are 
trying to make things right now. And I don't think, I don't think a company like Gibson who are so um, knitted into the 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 history of of guitar are ever gonna go down without a huge fight. No. No, um, no chance. And the other thing to take from this, uh, like we both reiterated, like the, your article said it, and from what I've said, GeForce tuners, nothing to do with it. Guitar division, nothing to do with it. It's absolutely nothing to do with it. Stop saying yeah. that Gibson have shot themselves in the foot with the 2015 range and everything. You're just wrong. You're just wrong. Stop saying it. And just <laughs> look at look at the facts. Don't look at your opinion. Look at the facts. And the facts are, Guitar Division is profitable. It's the rest of the stuff that's caused the issue. I mean, I will I will caveat that with the 2015 range were not infallible. There were definitely not some faux pas made there. The G-Force totally. tuners were not infallible. And there were definitely fault there. There was, um, but it, it's... It wasn't an unprofitable year for them. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so th- there is that. What thing did come out of uh, out of this whole situation, as Matt mentioned earlier, is oh. that we c- we 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 couldn't go on Facebook for um, pretty much the whole of of Tuesday of last week um, because the same the same meme kept being shared. And yeah. if you if you've logged onto the internet and you have any interest in guitar uh, forums, you will you've have seen, seen this. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think anyone shared it in our group. Thank and God. to be honest, the first time I saw it, it was quite funny. Um. So it this is uh, Nigel Tufnell, uh, Spinal Tap, um, picture of him with his Les Paul and saying. This one goes up to chapter eleven, which and it was funny the first time. Yeah, we would legitimately be laughing if that was like the second or third time we'd heard that. Yep. Unfortunately, I saw three or four photos of him and the same wording, and I Indeed. also saw and the same photo with different fonts with the same wording. Yeah. But that was it. It was just the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And Jesus Christ. And it was like there were guitar forums that I'm part of that eight posts in a row was the same fucking photo. Just yes. Just stop it. Just piss off. Don't be, like, <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Um, um, me and Matt were talking about this just before the cast. Um, and it, it was it was getting bad with the uh, the PRS debacle. Um, John Mayer, the, yeah. the John Mayer uh, Silver Surfer or whatever, whatever it's fucking <laughs> called. Basically, the PRS strat. Um, it, uh, uh, but we said at least with that, the memes were all different. Yeah, and even then, we wanted to turn our Facebooks off for a for a couple of hours just to have a break from it. But it was the same meme. For me, I didn't even get the different pictures. I got the same picture, the same wording. It was just the same thing being shared over and over and over and over again. Um, you just wanted to shoot yourself in the face to make it stop. Exactly. Um, but there was one thing that made us 
um look and it it was it was a hoax thing and it fooled us and if you don't if you uh if you're one of these people who say that it, it didn't you didn't at least wonder then you are lying to yourself yeah. um some some crafty beggars instead of sharing the meme they they pulled open photoshop um and and created a hoax where joe bonamassa was going to buy gibson or was in talks to buying gibson um which I mean, we should have seen from the spelling mistakes. <laughs> and yeah, bankruptcy. The, with no yeah, tape. bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, and there was iconical. Yeah. I think the the word iconical, they're called guitarist. Joe Bynamassa, iconical guitarist, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, <coughs> it like you say, late at night, I think this was Tuesday night when I saw it. It might have been Wednesday night. I can't remember. It was one evening this week and I had a long yeah. day and you're not thinking straight and somebody posts that and you don't even, you like, you just think, oh, somebody's found this photo. You don't think, oh, somebody's photoshopped this rubbish. You don't think the backstory yeah. into it. You don't, like, have a, have a think in your head and realise that Joe Bonamassa isn't worth half a billion, which is less than half of Gibson's overall debt. So why would he look at buying Gibson as they are? let alone looking at anything else. You don't think of any of those things. You just think Joe yeah. Bonamassa yeah. is a guitarist and Gibson make guitars. That kind <laughs> yeah. of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's a man with lots of money. He charges a lot for his um for his tickets to his concerts. Surely this this adds up. Um I mean, there was uh, some Joe Bonamassa news this week, and I've purposely left it out of this episode because I don't want to talk about Joe Bonamassa anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm with you there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's there's quite a few things. There's quite a few things that that make that not want uh, make me not want to talk about him. Um, one of which being the fact that someone shared um, the the quoted price for a, um, a a ticket to one of his shows and it was it was like cresting hundreds of pounds I think um, yeah I think it was 375 quid for a standard seat yeah um, and I I I am a Joe Bonamassa fan I, I listen to his music um, I know it's not the most popular uh, opinion um, some people criticize him for recycling Eric Johnson licks and, and whatnot. I don't care. I some of his music is absolutely fantastic. I've been to see him a fair few times. The last time I went to see him I think it cost about sixty pounds a ticket and at that point I was wincing a little bit. Yeah. Um it's only gone up. Yeah. Um so yeah, by me saying that I didn't want to talk about Joe Bonamassa, we've just had a little chat about Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, let's not let's just leave it there and say it is what it is. But um, yeah, don't fall for the hoax. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so that that was that was the week in Gibson. That was. Um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, move on to a question, and I think we we're only gonna do the one because we we have um, we've luxuriated in our own uh own affairs this week somewhat um 
Yeah. So um, you you raised a, a a pretty interesting point. So what what brought up this um this kind of question thing um thought musing this week? Yeah. So basically, um, following the Gibson talk, somebody posted in our closed group um, that um, they didn't care what happened as long as they could still buy a Firebird when they could afford it. And um, Ollie then said, I hope you're taller than I am because I really struggle with my Firebird because it's the biggest guitar in the world. And um, a couple of the other guys were saying, look, as, as shorter people, we struggle to play certain instruments because you just can't reach because just the way it sits on you. Um, and yeah. in the past, um, I've also, when I, when I went back down to Steve's for the first time last February, there was a big talk about it where they were saying, look, if, it, if an amp is too heavy, like an AC, AC30, for instance, they wouldn't even consider buying it, whether, whether or not it sounds good, because they just couldn't move it around. And Yeah, yeah, definitely. I... I, I never ever thought of anything like that look i'm lucky in the fact that i'm a fairly tall fairly well fairly stocky guy i've got giant hands i've got fairly long arms for my size as well i could comfortably play a, a long scale bass and not have issues reaching the 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 nuts so i i i, I don't have those kind <laughs> of issues um but i was thinking about things that do hinder me and obviously i'm because i'm a chunky guy guitars don't sit the way they do on normal people. So if you sit a guitar on the front of you, or most people sit, sit a guitar on the front of them, they sit flat in front of them. Whereas if I yeah. let go of the guitar, it rolls round and sits on my right hip and points out at a 45 degree angle because I've got a gut. Um, and that's nice. just the way it is. And, you know, I yeah. can move the guitar around, but it just means that my right arm, instead of being against my body, is out a bit further and... Like it would be for a normal person playing over the top of a Gretsch or something, you know, a big hollow body. My arm kind of has to move out that kind of way. And I was just thinking, like, is there anything that you've got that physically puts you off from buying certain guitars that you might love the sound of it, you might love the shape of it, you might love the colour, the neck might feel right, but there's something that puts you off either playing a guitar or an amp. And it's not something yeah. that, There was oh. a few of the guys who were talking about it, and it's not something that I've ever thought of before. Yeah, kind of the ergonomics behind uh, purchases. Um, I'm going to start off with um, my most recent kind of trade. So I I was a big advocate of the um, the Blackstar HT40, um, and I still stand by it and say that it's an absolutely fantastic pedal platform, and it is versatile as balls. Um, the, I mean, it's got the two two overdrive kind of voicings. It's got enough gain on tap to do whatever the hell you want to do with it. And it's got the ISF for like just instant and infinite tweakability, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so in terms of it being a useful amp, then everything that I needed in an amp, it completely did it. Uh, Part of the issue was that I only ever used it as a clean platform and that meant that I would use three of the knobs on the amp. Yeah. Because uh, of other, like seven. Yeah, well, I'd turn reverb off as well, which I know is uh, it's a, a contentious point. I mean, uh, yeah, that's because <laughs> you've got so many reverbs on your board that you don't need the one on the amp, right? <laughs> it's exactly that. I do actually have a reverb pedal. 
it sounds all right. I've I've found myself actually liking Spring Reverb, and um, that's a tricky reverb to to get along with. I am I'm told. Yes, it is. Um, however, beside the point. So I mean that was part of the reason, but the the other part of the reason was that to lug that amp to and from rehearsal, I'd have to like drag it up a set of stairs, um, and it was it's a large amp. It's a it's a one twelve, but it's it's quite it's quite an oversized uh, cabinet for the for the speaker, um, and it's heavy. Yeah, it was a heavy amp. Um, it wasn't that I couldn't do it, but it meant that carrying other things with it, so carrying a guitar and a pedal board and whatnot, it would it was just too cumbersome to to consider. Yeah. And the AC, uh, AC, the Classic 30 is a smaller, lighter, more compact amp, uh, and it allows for me to, to carry all those other things that I need to. Uh, so it made sense. Uh, to do that trade for me. Um, another thing that, that gets me, as I've mentioned uh, week on week, I uh, I have uh, like an RSI kind of wrist complaint, tendonitis, that kind of thing with my wrists. If I don't set the guitars up completely perfectly and if the guitar has got a thicker than, uh, thicker than your kind of modern... Um, kind of C neck I have to be really careful um, I've got a few chunky neck guitars and I can only play them for a certain amount of time before it, the, the playing starts becoming a little bit more painful so that is something that I definitely need to watch out for fortunately at the moment I don't have to worry about the gut thing as much <laughs> uh, so <laughs> um, big bodied guitars I can deal with um odd shaped guitars as well. I think the the uh the oddest shape guitar that I've got at the moment is the Ibanez Fireman. Um and playing high up on that neck and I don't know what it is. I think it might just be the angle at which your hand sits. I find myself making more errors on that than I do other things. Um yeah. and I don't know why. Um but each and every one of my guitars I love. And yeah. I... Like I say, I'm I'm fairly lucky in the fact that there's not much out there that I I have an issue with playing. I can get I I can play badly set up guitars. I, I, I do have a, a an issue with my left wrist, but it's nothing to do with the way guitars are set up. Certain days I basically there's there's three little bones that sit between your radius and ulna and your metacarpals in your hand. There's three little bones that set your wrist off. And I crushed them all, um, twisted my wrist on crutches one time. Um, and there's a fragment of bone in there that moves every so often and just digs into a tendon. And if it's moved overnight and dug into that tendon, that just means I can't play the guitar that day. Um, I've looked out and it's never touch wood happened on a gig day yet. But I've had consecutive days where I just, I can't use my left hand at all. Basically, I've got no, the, the grip in the hand goes the movement in the wrist, instead of having full range of movement, I've got a very tiny range of movement. It makes changing gear in the car difficult. Shit, Luckily, man. So, I yeah. If I don't have any changing, issues. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have that issue very often, but um, it's it's some, something that I, I can 
I've, I don't have to deal with it's not caused by the guitars themselves yeah I think the only thing I would say I do have is I can never ever get on with a a, a, a proper V neck the, the pointier V's not the soft V whatever yeah. that is it feels really uncomfortable in my hand and I just make mistakes because my I whatever it is it doesn't feel right and whether it's in my head or whether it's something that my hand it normally does with a C neck or a, a, a soft V or or with a, a, a chunkier neck I don't know it just with it with a, a proper pointy V neck I just I make more mistakes than anything it's really weird and I don't know why I'm. Sh- I think legally, I'm duty bound to to point out the the pointy V, aren't I? <laughs> I'll leave it to you guys. I'll leave it to you guys. I've done it enough times for you to you you know where this is going. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I know what you mean. Um. V necks are a, a an, an oddball choice these days as well, aren't they? Yeah. If you've ever tried one of them. these, uh, yes, yeah, so yes, they do. If you ever tried one of those um, Strandbergs, they've got a really weird, weird neck profile. Yeah, you mentioned trapezoid. that like, trapezoid. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it there for this week. But you've got some um, you've got some plugging to do, haven't you? I have. So. Um, it actually goes quite well with the the Nita Strauss video that I'm going to share in the group following this because that'll show you that my <laughs> hair is about three foot long at this point. Um, I've got rather long hair. I have a beard. I've not been clean shaven in six years. And whilst drunk at my Christmas party for work this year, I agreed that at some point in 2018, I would donate some of my hair to the Princess Trust. Um so that they can turn it into a wig for, for children with cancer. And, you know, it it just seemed like something that it, yeah, it's, and it's good for A everybody. very noble act, isn't it? Yeah. And whilst doing that, I just thought, well, I might as well go the whole hog and I'm going to shave my head for charity. So I'm going to go right the way down to a number one. And I'm also going to get rid of all of my facial hair. I'm going to go clean shaven for the first time. I'm saying six years, it might even be longer. I'm Shit, basically man. going skinhead, clean shaven. Um, and gonna look like a fucking egg. <laughs> I am gonna look it's like gonna an be egg. Brilliant. And I've not had a number one ever. I used to sometimes get a number two um, when I was a teenager. Um, the last time I did it, I was 15. I'm now 26. So it's talking 11 years since I had a buzz cut. And I'm going for a buzz cut on the 23rd of May. And all of the proceeds from any any donations that I get are going to Hospice Care Isle of Man, which is, I I mean, it, hospice is something that's kind of, every, it will touch everybody at some time in your life. You will know either somebody that you are related to um, or somebody that, that ends up in hospice care. And it, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it should be provided by the government. But I think the, the problem that hospices have is they are, such a good entity at trying to get themselves out there and everybody believes in it so much that they're a charity that can run itself and sometimes yeah. that's not the best thing in the world because it means that they will never get government support because the governments know that that, that care will be provided one way or another yeah. so they don't have to worry about it um, yeah. so 
um, I've got a Just Giving page. Um, it's justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Matt hyphen Quine. Um, if it's not fundraising in there, literally just put type in justgiving.com slash Matt hyphen Quine. So that's M-A-T-T hyphen Q-U-I-N-E. Um, and that will take you to the page as well. It might have an extra word in there, but I, if, if you just do justgiven.com slash mattquine, um, that's, that will get you there. Um, and all, like I say, yeah. all of those proceeds. My my goal is to reach 250 quid. I think I might have to, to change that because I think I'm already at 70 and I opened the Just Giving page today. Um, and I've kind of stupidly put in there that if we doubled the goal, I would get my chest waxed or my legs waxed as well. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that's in there now and it's in writing. So if we hit 500, I will either get my chest or legs waxed or I might even do both. Um, I'll, so I'll you'll be like a, an Olympic swimmer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so... Like I say, it, it's all it's all for a good cause, and if if uh, there's no obligation for anybody to donate, I don't expect any donations to come in this way. I just thought I'd mention that you know yeah. I'm doing something for a good cause, and if you if you do have the capacity to to donate, even if it's just a couple of quid, um, everything helps, especially with 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 hospice care. Like I say, it will touch you in your life at some point, and whilst this is a the local hospice island man they work in conjunction with hospice in the uk and all the different regions and it's it's just something that that i think everybody needs to to think about at some point in their life yeah definitely um and which is why why i was so keen for you to share it on here and i think we will share the just giving in our in our group i know you're saying that there's no obligation and of course we're not we're not suggesting that there ever should be but if you do, do feel so inclined we're going to make it uh, make it abundantly clear for you where you need to go um and i i'm pretty sure i'll be giving a, a few more quid than a couple of quid uh to that because it's it's a noble cause and we're getting matt to look like an egg so <laughs> yeah and that's the thing there'll be before and after photos then there's going to probably be a live video stream um of me getting my head shaved um that that will go out on the hospice Isle of man facebook page so once that's done i can then share that um in the group so you can you can watch the the, the travesty unfold um and if i do end up getting my legs waxed that will definitely be a video um because if, if people have donated enough money then they deserve to see me scream like a little bitch Exactly, exactly. We're going to wrap it up for this week. Um, I think today on my YouTube channel, there was a video released about... Uh, it was a, a video for Paul Mason, um, and it was about Albert Collins-style blues licks. So that was the one I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. It's got... It features the Fletcher Blend pickups, Um in a weird out of phase sound um, with a capo somewhere it's like on the seventh fret or something. Uh, it's, it's the strangest, just the strangest thing, but it, it, it nails the Albert Collins kind of tone. Um, so yeah, check that out. Um, Matt, do you want to do the rest of our, uh, our plugs uh, for this week? Yeah. Okay. So if you want to get in touch with um, any of the, the hosts of, 
Fret Talk podcast or the best place to get in touch, ask your questions, get your questions answered on the cast or anything like that, um, go to facebook.com slash Fret Talk podcast or go into search search on Facebook for the Fret Talk Yeah, Fret I think Talk it's in the groups. groups. I don't think, I don't yeah, think we're I, a slash. I can't remember. But yeah, so yeah, it's Fret Talk podcast group. If you want to get in touch with Adam, he is Budget Pedal Chap on Instagram. Budget yes. pedal chap on YouTube. Budget pe- bud- budget pe- pedal chap on Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah, YouTube. yeah. The YouTube. I'm not a. I'm not a slash no, you guy can yet. Budget pedal chap, and, and you'll know it when it when you find the awesome videos about the Mojo Mojo. That's it. Uh, there's only one at the moment. I, I think I, I need to do an update on that. Yeah. Yeah. You maybe do. maybe doing two Mojo Mojo into a Mojo Mojo and see just what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd be well up I'm, I'm always I, I'm open to uh, to sub- suggestions like I say Paul put in a comment uh, asking for uh, some finger style blues licks in the style of Albert Collins so I went and listened to some Albert Collins and stole one of his licks Ace yeah, yeah. Um, and then if you want to get in touch with me best place if you don't want to do it through the Fret Talk group is at heel underscore M- Matt Q on Twitter um, other, other than that you can find my band at facebook.com slash switchiom um, and I think that's everything you do another podcast don't you Mr Matt oh, I do do another podcast so yeah um, if you want to uh, check out me talking about wrestling then you need to head over wrestling. to either youtube.com slash badbookerswp on twitter we are at badbookerswp we're on in, uh, sorry, iTunes and iTunes, Stitcher, Zcast, and SoundCloud as Bad Booker's Wrestling Podcast. Um, and yeah, it's Good just man. us talking about wrestling. There was a host of another guitar a podcast that was a guest on our podcast last week. Um, I won't tell you who it is because his podcast gets more listeners than this one. But if you listen to other podcasts and you want to hear uh, the opinions of other guitar podcast people about wrestling, then, yeah, you want to listen to last week's Bad Booker's Wrestling Podcast. Awesome. Yeah, definitely do that. I like guitars. I've heard of wrestling. There you go. Cool. There's your in. So, from myself, Mr. Budgie Pedal Chap, from Matt Quine, it's got to be a good night from us today. Good night from us. Good night. Tatty bye. Tatty bye. Ta-ra a bit. Good night. I'll redesign. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. <laughs> One, two, three. Sausages. 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 Yeah, cool. Right, so let's uh, let's start this bad motherfucker. <laughs>